Compatibility is a symbiotic relationship to independent organisms that benefit from the presence of the other. Yeah, like the song, I like me better when I'm with you. And that's the way it should be. It's who are you becoming when you're with each other? Not do we have this magical fake chemistry? You don't have to have as compatibility not being something that you discover. It's something you work towards. So some of those things. You may be one choice away from a thriving marriage. Welcome to the Operation Thriving Marriage Podcast with Brian and Jennifer Harvey. All right, welcome to the Operation Thriving Marriage Podcast. I'm here with my very handsome husband, Brian. Uh, we've got Todd, the producer, in the studio. His wife, Bev, will uh, explain how handsome he is. And I, Jennifer Harvey, am here as well. So, and is absolutely beautiful, by the way. Well, thanks, babe. Thanks for uh, being with us and joining us this time around. And today, we are talking about chemistry. I hated chemistry in high school. Oh, did you really? Oh, it was so awful. And it was... Okay, all you science nerds, the whole equation stuff where you're, I mean, I loved science in school until they put math in science when it was just like looking at animals and cells and stuff. That was awesome. But then I had to start like adding things, but it wasn't really adding. It wasn't numbers. It was electrons and pro. And I, oh, just, it confused me so much. So we want you guys all to know that we have discovered, we have determined chemistry isn't real. And my grievous apologies to Mr. Malosh, who was my chemistry teacher in high school. But in chemistry, you can blow stuff up. However, I think that if we buy into this pop culture idea of chemistry between us and things are going to work out because we have chemistry, that's ultimately going to blow that relationship up in a bad way. Okay. So chemistry isn't real. We're not promoting some radical conspiracy theory here. Well, like, you know, Mr. Malosh's chemistry class is real. But yeah. again, pop culture, you know, between a, between a man and a woman yeah. chemistry, kind of fake. Yeah. So the science is real when you're talking about putting things together and, and studying matter and all that stuff. But chemistry between two people, it's not real. Our idea of love and romance has just been corrupted by Disney princess movies and rom-coms. Oh, my goodness. I, I mean, I think that that's very, very true because I think people are growing up watching the Disney movies or or watching some sort of like a fantasy kind of thing as they're growing up. And then they're just seeing there's this chemistry, right, between the, the prince and the princess or they're from different backgrounds and they're the star-crossed lovers like Romeo and Juliet, but they gotta, gotta be together. Well, I'm thinking right now of The Little Mermaid, right? Mm -hmm. Little Mermaid sees the prince on the boat and love at first sight. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And then she said, and all that stuff, she saves him stuff. But love at first sight isn't real. Lust at first sight is real. Brings a whole new thing to the Little Mermaid, thank you very much. <laughs> but no, love- Like cross-species relationships, right? Yeah, it's just, I mean, how would that even work? I don't know. Watch the movie. It's, you know, Disney is obviously not really for children. But thriving marriages aren't built on emotion. They can't be. I think in a lot of ways in our, in our American culture, a lot of that emotion, that's kind of what kicks things off. But to have things really stick and stay and be healthy. Yeah. And so, yeah, thriving marriages aren't built on emotion. Love at first sight isn't real. 
And meet cutes are not the foundation of lasting relationships. Meet cutes. I love that. So that's a term our teenage daughter taught me. But yeah, there's so many. Even our daughter was kind of joking about this idea of the idea of getting a meet cute. Oh, meeting the guy and it's the rom-com. It's like, oh, you bump into each other at the grocery store and you your apple falls out of the cart. And he picks it up and you look up and then all of a sudden music starts playing when you look in each other's eyes for the first time. And Oh, dude, I saw that um, on a Hallmark movie at your mom's when we were there over Thanksgiving. You mean all the Hallmark movies? All the Hallmark movies ever. up in your mom's house, yes. And they all have the same thing, the meat cute. It's mm-hmm. just, that's not a good, it's like, oh, well, we had this cute experience at the grocery store or at the apple orchard or wherever. And so this must, clearly, this is the foundation for a lasting marriage. Adorable. No, fake. (laughs) So here, chasing chemistry creates short-term passionate relationships that don't have any foundation to become a thriving marriage. If it's all built on this emotional high that, frankly, is just artificially created in rom-coms and stuff, and you're chasing like, oh, I want to be like this or that character in this or that movie. It's not there to build a lasting marriage. And you're going to have a very short, passionate relationship, which isn't healthy. And it also just leads to frustration and depression. And who wants that? Because at the end of the day, that meet cute or this uh, built up of emotion that you both might have towards each other, that's more of a projection thing. You're projecting what you'd like and in he or she is coming back and projecting what they'd like. And you can never live up to those kinds of standards. Yeah. And then in the movies, I mean, so many people are, oh, why isn't my relationship like my favorite movie? Because you don't have writers and a script and a director to call cut when it doesn't work out correctly and then just start over and then cut the film only to the best parts. Right. Or or we're doing a rewrite here. Yeah. So we're going to change this entire script because this clearly isn't working. That's not life. And so when we, these movies have just changed how we view romance. If you do the research, it goes all the way back to early medieval romance novels, not the trashy romance novels, but these ideas of these these star-crossed lover novels that were coming out. And it changed how people view what love and romance is to the point where we've gotten now, it should be like this, the proposal. There's so much pressure now on even like high school kids with the promposal. Right. And there's so much, it's like, okay, you're just asking someone out on a date and you're probably not going to marry them. If you're a teenager in high school, listen, why are you listening to a marriage podcast? It's kind of interesting, but I'm glad you're listening. I want you to know your prom date is probably not going to be your spouse. But the, the, <laughs> that proposal or the uh, proposal, a lot of that, it's it's for video clips to, to post on social media, right? It's for the gram. And, and again, you don't want to be building a relationship on this is a cute video. Oh, can... I shouldn't ask this in front of you because we're recording now, but can I can I share real quickly about our our proposal because I think this is a perfect example. Oh of my goodness! This so I oh, dude. Okay, so so Todd, yeah, Todd, let's keep this in here. But I'm not. Mm, here we go. Okay, let's Todd, do this. Todd can decide if I'm going too long and telling too long a story because he's brilliant and I just keep talking. But anyway, um, so we'd been dating six years at this point, and we knew we were going to get married. I I. I mean, you don't know the answer, but you do know the answer at that point kind of thing. And so I wanted this great memory because that's in the movies. That's the thing. I wanted this great memory of the proposal. 
So I was thinking, okay, how are we going to do this? And Jen, Jen had already picked out the ring. Okay, so Jen knew this was coming. This is coming. But I had arranged to get the ring early before I went to basic training, and she didn't know when it was going to happen. And so before I go to basic, we go and we go to this art museum. And I'm thinking, art museum, this is perfect. There's going to be some romantic artwork or something that's going to be the perfect place to do this. Well, there were kids. There was like some school event or something going on. It was crowded. It just was not the intimate, romantic environment that I was hoping for. So they have a forest garden by this. And so we go out and we're going through there and it is mosquito season in Michigan and Jen is getting eaten alive by mosquitoes. And now she's just angry. She's like, no, we're leaving. We're done. This is a horrible date. Get out of here. And I'm like, I've got this ring in my pocket. though, Burning a hole in your pocket. (laughs) So we're walking out. Finally, we're walking up the stairs in this parking lot. I say, okay, Jen, stop. And she's like, what? And I tell her, turn around and I'm on my knee and I give her the ring there. And she said, yes, we're married. But it was not the cute, lovely storybook proposal that I wanted, but those don't matter. No, compatibility should be our focus, not chemistry. There's a psychologist, um, Dr. Julian Frazier, says compatibility is less about shared interests or having quote unquote things in common. It's not merely about proximity or similarity. At the end of the day, compatibility is more about who two people become when they are together their shared values, and their potential for mutual growth. Compatibility is a symbiotic relationship to independent organisms that benefit from the presence of the other. Yeah, like the song, I like me better when I'm with you. And that's the way it should be. It's who are you becoming when you're with each other? Not do we have this magical fake chemistry. Right. And, and of course, there, there are th- things out there. You want to have the shared values, you know, what you want to have shared goals and things like that. Those are even things that you don't have to have as compatibility, not being something that you discover. It's something you work towards. So some of those things like the goals and values, you can even shift those together, hopefully in a positive way. Yeah. Well, over time, you know, our views on where we should live, how we should spend our money, how we should go on vacation, even like different things about, you know, we've grown together in theology. Mm -hmm. You know, those things we strive towards, we work towards, and we build towards that relationship. And so building compatibility starts in a lot of ways with focusing more on what your spouse needs than what you want. How are you as a person becoming more of a Christ-like servant in your marriage and focusing on giving your spouse what they need. I said that specifically, not what they want because wants aren't always good, but what does your spouse need from you? And yeah, and, and ask your spouse and, and talk about that because what, what is needed? Of course, you don't want that to be an I know best and you don't, but just talk about what, what does your spouse really need and what's the best way to go to build your spouse into the person that God wants them to be and, and build you into the person that God wants you to be as well. And yeah, that comes from knowing each other, right? Mm-hmm. And building that because 
like I say often, I'm really good at believing my own lies. I need someone sometimes to cut through my garbage. Well, we all are. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. And, And I think we also need to accept that compatibility is built over time. And it doesn't happen all at once because it, it takes time to grow into that. And we love seeing couples. Um, we have, we have a, a mentor couple and they just celebrated 50 years of marriage. And it's just been really cool because the time that we've known them is from 30 plus years of marriage for them. And it, it's just been an awesome thing to see how well they had gelled after 30 years and see how they've grown into the 50 as well. It's really cool. By the time we met them, compatibility had grown so much. But when we look at couples and we look at our own relationship, we can see couples that have been together five years that are working on the marriage are more compatible than they were the day they got married. Which is lovely. And that's the way it's going to be. It's, you know, Marriage gets better over time when you work at it. Mm-hmm. And the compatibility grows because it's something that you build, not something that you start with. It's not like Lego pieces where it's like if you get the you get the off-brand Legos, they don't go together, right? Mm-hmm. So that it's not that kind of compatibility. It's something that you build and grow into, become more and more of that. And I think that another aspect of building compatibility is being able to reflect on how your relationship and how, how your marriage has improved over time. You're able to to talk with your spouse about that. It's like, wow, we've grown in these different kinds of areas, whether it's how how we're choosing to use finances, how, how we're uh, choosing to raise children, what are some of our values just as far as who we might be uh, donating money to and how we're living our lives, where we're living, things yeah. of that nature. And I think it's important, couples that are in crisis are, are just not the healthiest place at the moment. We talked about this in the last episode. We were talking about marriage is fun. It's so easy to focus on the negative. When you rewind your marriage, Look at the positive, look for the positive, because the funny thing about people, what you're looking for, you're probably going to find. And so if you're looking for how things aren't going well, you're probably going to find it. Yeah, we'll we'll give you a list. Yeah, I think in in any marriage, if you're looking for what what are the bad aspects, what's not going well, you'll find it. But if you're looking for the good, you'll you'll find that too. Yeah, we we've got this is not group counseling, so we're not going to. But we've got a list of things that we need to improve in our marriage, and everybody does. There's a list. Well, yeah. Can I? You want to see it on my phone is right there a now? Checklist. <laughs> I really I, don't I love have a my che- checklist. I really don't have a checklist on my phone. It I was know. A joke. I know. Um, but yeah, the people listening don't. Okay. Oh, but fair. also, look forward to your future marriage that will be better than your marriage today. No, it's with the same person. But yes, your your current marriage and you continue to be married. So the future of your marriage. I really appreciate that Jen is able to point out the things that I say that sound stupid and fix them. So she, Come yes, on now. the future marriage that you're currently in that is in the future, not the future marriage with some, yeah, that's not what I meant. Uh, I know. I know you know that, but you had to point it out because I say stupid stuff sometimes. But yeah, look forward, <laughs> look forward to what your marriage is going to be like in the future and how it's going to be better. There's two notes that will put this because when I was writing this outline, I feel like it sounds very sterile. Oh, do this, don't do that, do this, don't do that. And that's not really marriage. So I have a couple of notes. And one of the notes is about passion. Passion does not replace compatibility, but it does belong in compatible relationships. So pursue passion, allow it to flourish in your marriage. Just don't confuse it for compatibility, but don't think, oh, 
we're just going to have this clinical life is not a math problem. It is a story and the passion's a big part of it and pursue passion too. Just don't think that, oh, we're passionate. Therefore we are compatible. I've seen a lot of marriages that I've counseled people that, Hey, our marriage is so passionate and I want to leave because there's no compatibility in it. There's a lot of sex. There's a lot of emotion, but there's no compatibility. Oh, I'm going to give a fictitious example of the positive side of this, because I think in the Adams family, right, we have Gomez Gomez, and Morticia. And it seems to me like they've got all kinds of compatibility in because of that. They have crazy passion and we love that about them. Da, 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 da. There we go. But I, I think that in in particular, just to talk to couples who are dating, listening to this podcast, it's important to remember that compatibility takes time to build. But of course, you you don't want to waste your time and be in investing in trying to build compatibility with someone that you don't want to spend your life with, or somebody who's not interested in building compatibility with you. I, I think it's it's my opinion is it's fine to go out on dates and kind of see you know where, where's this going. It's not something where you should stay in some longer term relationship if it's like, I'm, I'm not really interested in this for the long haul. I, even in the West and how we do relationships today, you should date. You should, that's how you get to know each other. We, we are not a society that has arranged marriages. I mean, India still does that in some places. There's some Eastern countries, Arab countries that do that. I had a great conversation with uh, a fellow airman who is Iraqi, a U.S. citizen now, came over and sharing about his arranged marriage. And there's a lot of positive stuff to that. Arranged marriages aren't inherently bad. They're just not how we do relationships in Western society. So dating couples, yeah, you're trying to get to know someone. Married couples, this is different. You've gotten to know them. You've made that commitment. Now your focus is building capacity. But um, dating couples, you're trying to figure that out. So one of the things is you're dating this person and ask yourself, do you like being with this person? Right. So is this person potential spouse material, right? So it's like, do you like being with this person? Do you like who you're becoming when you're this person? Do I like me better when I'm with you? Exactly. Exactly. Do you like that? Is this someone you're ready to sacrifice your desires for? Or are you ready to give up things that you want? Not things that you need, but things that you want for this person, for the betterment of this person and the marriage that you would have if you were to get married. And of course, too, it's important to, to see, is this someone who is ready to sacrifice their desires for you as well? So you, you have that mutuality there. Absolutely. And I think that chemistry, or how do I say, compatibility, not chemistry, is the foundation for a thriving marriage. And compatibility has to be built over time, and I, I'd argue would increase as the marriage relationship goes on in a healthy manner. And to build compatibility in your marriage, make sure that you're focusing on your spouse's needs, accepting that it takes time, focus on who the two of you are becoming, and we'll become together. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please rate and subscribe and share this episode with someone to help get the word out about Operation Thriving Marriage. 
We'd love to hear from you. You can reach out to us at Facebook at Operation Thriving Marriage or at our website, OperationThrivingMarriage.com. Jen and I started Operation Thriving Marriage to help couples and churches take marriages from merely surviving to thriving. We've got our book, we've got a blog and resources for our coaching ministry, and you can bring us out for an Operation Thriving Marriage experience. For more information, go to OperationThrivingMarriage.com. That's OperationThrivingMarriage.com.